0: Welcome to the River of Life Church Podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC, and enjoy the sermon. How many believe that God has a dream for your life? I don't know, Pastor. I'm getting up in years. I I think I've run out of dreams. You don't know some of the roads I've walked. I feel like my dreams are escaping me. Let me ask the question again. How many of you believe that God has a dream for your life? Believing is seeing, not seeing, believing. The world says you got to see to believe, but God says if you believe, you'll see. And we're going to look at today how God has a dream, individual dream for your life. Irrespective of your age, irrespective of your finance, irrespective of how wide or small you feel your influence is, I'm here to tell you that God has a dream for your life. Solomon talks about it in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Everybody turn there with me. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Scripture reads, Many are the plans, plural, in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Notice the distinction between plans, plural, and purpose. Singular. See, there are a lot of plans, but do those plans serve the purpose in fulfilling the dream God has destined for your life, has purposed for your life? In fact, I can say this with full confidence. Everyone has a dream from their youngest age, as we mature in life, even to when we're older in the golden age of of life and as adults. We all have dreams, everyone does. Children have dreams. Sometimes it's the dream of being a fireman, a professional athlete. My one grandson says, I'm playing pro baseball, pop up. You know, everybody has a dream. Now, you got to look at those stats how many realize a professional career out of those that have a dream and a passion for it. But bottom line, we never want to attack or put down anyone's dream. It will work itself out. Somebody say, Amen. So we see children. Desiring to be a fireman, a professional athlete, an actor, musician, serve in the military, be a peacekeeper, law enforcement, a doctor. My granddaughter, uh, the other day, when we had the farewell for Pastor Josh, they had a uh, rehearsal prior to that Friday evening uh, worship and then the reception we had over in the other part of the facility. And so, my granddaughter Emma, uh, my daughter Heather was one of the vocalists she was singing. And so there was a few other children from the musicians during the rehearsal. So our daughter Emma volunteered, our granddaughter Emma volunteered. She's seven, my mom, seven years old at one of our nine grandchildren. But anyhow, she volunteered just to watch in the back in the, uh, uh, the cry room for, for mothers uh, while their moms were on the platform. So afterwards, Cindy, she, my wife, she went and she said to Emma, Emma, I'm so proud of you. You did a great job and gave her $5. Now, how many of you believe money is a good motivator, <laughs> especially when you're seven years old? Gave her $5. Her eyes lit up. She was a millionaire, <laughs> right? Later, she was talking to her mother and then my do- our daughter Heather, and Heather then relayed this comment to Cindy. And she says, Emma was just so thrilled she loved babysitting. She says she would like to do some more of that. But she told me that when she grows up, she either wants to be a school teacher, a veterinarian, or a professional babysitter. Because she got $5. So what is that? It's a dream. Whether we look at them as small or sometimes dreams can be very large. You look at the Bible, there were many who were dreamers and God brought those dreams to pass because they were God's dream for that person's life. You have Joseph who had his dreams at the age of 17. Those dreams looked like they had died and gone and would never be achievable. But God, everybody say, but God. But God brought it to pass 17 years later. Some of you just felt, oh, dear Lord, don't let my dream come in 17 years, right? Now, obviously, we we like that immediate satisfaction, but the bottom line is God always brings to pass what He orders and what He designs. If it's God's dream, it's going to come to pass. So everyone has a dream. How about Disney? They put together the production company called DreamWorks, you know, taking the someone's dream and putting it into a movie production. Martin Luther King, tomorrow is Martin Luther King celebration day for the man's life, and he is renowned for the statement, I have a dream. So there have been dreamers all throughout history, all throughout life, When two people get married, they dream of having and enlarging their family. Then you begin to dream the dreams as parents for your children. I'm here to tell you, there is always a dream for every single person that has the breath of life that God instills and has purposed for them. Jeremiah, God speaking through him, said, before I formed you, Jeremiah, in your mother's womb, I knew you. God had destined a plan. And honestly, all of you, those who, who have preceded us in life, those that, w- that will follow us in life, God dreamed a dream. Whether they fulfill that dream is not up to God, but it's up to them. Not everyone is passionate in pursuing what God has for them. But those who do, I'm here to tell you unequivocally that God will bring His dream for your lives to pass. Somebody give God praise right now. Because I think that's a message of hope. I love what Eleanor Roosevelt said. She said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. A dream will motivate you. A dream will guide you. A dream will cause you to become more disciplined and focused. You know, there's beauty, as she mentioned, in our dreams. So again, what am I saying? Everyone has a dream. But here's the question. Is it the right dream? Which is the title of my message today. In our text, King Solomon addresses this question when he speaks of first, mark it down, my first point, the plan. With every dream, there is also a plan associated with the dream. Think of the dream as the vision, and the plan as the pathway to see that vision, that dream fulfilled. Solomon says in Proverbs nineteen twenty one: many are the plans in a person's heart. How many of you have a lot of plans in your heart? Some of you, husbands, you have plans to get things done around the house this year. And that to-do list can get quite large, especially if you're a jack-of-all-trades. You don't want to farm out some of those plans, those things you want to address to someone else when you know you can save good money by doing it on your own. But sometimes that thing called time can outweigh what we're able to achieve. But plans are always in a person's heart. A young person, as they're growing, they're beginning to finalize their early academia training. They think about then the plan of where they will go to college, or will they instead pursue a a technical skill, go to a VOTEC, and and, and look at a a great blue-collar trade. There's plenty of opportunities there that also supply financially. So people have plans for certain things they're looking to achieve in life. Here are a few quotes i found on the topic of a plan and the importance of it. The man with the plan wins. How true is that? If you shoot from the hip, it's happenstance. But if you plan accordingly, if you plan in advance, the man with a plan, it increases your percentage statistically for success. Here's another quote. You get what you plan for. You get what you plan for. Which means failing to plan is planning to fail. I think that's pretty good. How many have ever heard that? Again, there are many plans, plural, in a person's heart. Look at what Jesus says when he talks about a plan. Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 28 through 30. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Verse 29, verse 29. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. For success in life, planning is required. Honestly, it's the difference between failure or success. Someone may have a good idea. How many of you have ever had good ideas? People say, hey, why don't we do this? That's a good idea. Then it becomes more intensive and maybe more challenging. I have a good idea. But there is an an actual difference between having a good idea, but that doesn't actually make it a God idea. You can have a good idea. It may be something that's worth looking at. But the real question is, has God called me to do that? Is that just something that someone else has dreamed or I'm dreaming, but I'm not necessarily the one called to fulfill that, which means it's a good idea, but it's not a God idea for my life. Which is why it's important to discern when you're pursuing and preparing for a dream, when you're planning to see a dream fulfilled, that you also examine my next point the motivation. Do you know if you're not careful, your hearts can deceive you? How many of you have ever felt one thing and then all of a sudden when all's revealed, you you say, my goodness, I did not see that coming. Sometimes our desires can be so strong we can find ourselves promoting our desires, our wishes above what God desires and what He wishes and what He's actually called us to do. And that's why I think it's imperative that people understand and discover their calling. Because when we understand and discover our calling, then we're looking at the dream that God has prepared for us, even before we were born, as I brought out from the quote from Jeremiah. And that means, along with the dream and the desire, the plan also comes with what? The skills, the innate abilities to be able to see it fulfilled. Honestly, when, when David began to rule and reign over Israel, his calling was even before his birth. Scripture prophesied that there would be one that would come from the seed of Jesse. David, his son, that would rule throughout the ages to come. Even before there was any lineage of David, God had already purposed and called it into being. So that means when David, from his first breath, the youngest of eight brothers, there was an anointing, there was a dream, a calling, every gift and ability to fulfill the calling was upon David. And so when we understand, it's not just about pursuing any dream, but discovering what has God called me to do in life, what is my purpose, what part do I play in what the Lord desires In a close circle of quarters, as well as a broader impact in this world, what would God have me fulfill during my lifetime? Because with that calling also comes every gift and ability to get it done. And then just by living life, we develop those innate God-given natural abilities. David just probably was a natural with a slingshot. But he still had to develop that gifting And even when all was said and done, when he began with a lion then continued with a bear as a teenager, and then finally at the age of 17 faced a giant, as much as he had prepared his skills, which came naturally to him because it was part of what God would take with him when he eventually would become known to this day as the greatest king of Israel, all of that would not be enough for him to be able to take down that giant. But because David had planned and developed and was faithful with God, had entrusted into his care, those that are faithful with little will be faithful with much. When he eventually faced that giant, it wasn't his skills that completed the task, but then God placed his hand on David's hand. And when the sling was swung, that stone was released, God placed his hand on that stone. He directed it so as much as a skilled hunter as David was with that weapon, how could he have guaranteed that it would go into the smallest opening on the armor of Goliath, into that spot, strike him between the eyes, stun him, bring him down so David could then come and finish the task at hand by taking off his head. The hand of God. We do what we can do. And then God does the rest. Hallelujah. And honestly, that that really addresses the fear that can hit any of us when we think about a venture, fulfilling our calling, chasing a dream. Well, what if it doesn't come to pass? All of these what-ifs. Life is filled with what-if. What if they don't get healed when I pray for them? What if I invest this money and I lose it all? What if this? What if that? Listen, if it belongs to God... We acknowledge, Lord, it's yours. We trust Him with it by faith, and we do everything within our power to be faithful. Then God will go beyond what we do. Why? Because we are fulfilling and walking in the calling He has for us, part of His dream, and He always blesses what He orders. And that means your life. The breath of life is a gift from His hand. Plans are necessary motivation needs to be examined. Because if we're not careful, our hearts can deceive us. How many of you have felt one thing and then later on you say, man, my goodness, my heart was wrong. I I didn't see it. It's always good, like David prayed, search me, O God, and see if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, with this desire I have, Lord, show me if this is what indeed you would have me pursue, have me do. You know, David again counted as one of the as the greatest king over Israel throughout all of the Old Testament, up until this day for the nation of Israel. His success rate was huge. Do you know why? Every time before David was faced with a decision or to go to battle, he would call for the priest and scripture, go through sometime and read about the life of David in the Old Testament, and you will find it says, And David inquired of the Lord, Should I go out to battle? Every time. An important decision was to be made. He sought God for direction, for approval. Is it yes? Is it no? He didn't trust his own heart. Our hearts can lead us astray. Why? Because desire is a powerful thing. It's a powerful motivator. It impacts our emotion. And when emotions come into play, sometimes you can't think quite straight. And so that's when we need, beyond emotion, beyond our soul, we need the spirit part of man in our lives, to be directed by the Spirit of God and to decipher and discern so that we can see as God sees, hear as God hears, and make the right decision, take the right directions. David inquired of the Lord. And that's how we discern our motivation. Look again at our text, Proverbs 19, 21. Solomon says, many are the plans in a person's heart. So our hearts have all these things that run through it, and then we have to prioritize. Some of them are dreams that we have down the road. Well, well you know, when I retire one day, I, I think my wife and I will go here, we'll go there. Maybe we'll build a house down south where it's warm all of the time. You know, you have all of these things that you consider, all of these dreams. Many are the plans in a person's heart. But not every dream or desire is from God, as we mentioned In fact, look at what Jeremiah the prophet says in chapter 17, verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We can't even know our hearts at times, but God knows our heart. And if we ask him, he will protect us. He will show us this is indeed from me. Or he'll say, just stay from that, abstain from that. This is not from me. Inquire of the Lord, inquire of the Lord. You see, our hearts can deceive us into chasing the wrong dream. See, all of us want to see the right dream fulfilled because we know that's going to bring blessing. But if we begin to allow our hearts without examining our hearts, because everything starts in the heart, but if we don't examine and allow God to decipher and discern, then we'll be unclear, cloudy on the will of God. And so when we allow the Holy Spirit to discern, that can protect us, From wasting our time, wasting our energies, wasting our resources by chasing the wrong dream. So in other words, bring every dream, every desire to the Lord. In fact, the Apostle John says in 1 John 4, 1, test the spirits behind the dream. Look at the word with me. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Notice that's plural. Test the spirits whether they are of God. There is the Holy Spirit of God, capital S. There is our human spirit. And then there are demonic spirits that can seek to motivate us. How do we know when it's the spirit of God, the spirit of man, or demonic spirits? Testing the spirits, making sure it's God's dream for your life. In fact, what you'll find if the dream that God has destined for us comes from God he will also quantify or confirm that dream. Think about Gideon in the Old Testament. Remember when he was raised up to be a, a judge over the uh, nation of Israel, and here they were in bondage, and, and all of the food, all of the resources were being taken from the Jewish people. So here you have Gideon. He's in an abandoned wine press. He's down below because the wine press, had it was in a circular fashion, and then There were walls that were built up. And so he's in this, and the side of the surrounding wall's perimeter is higher than his head. So here he is in there threshing wheat in a hidden place so that the Midianites and others who were the enemies of God's people wouldn't come and confiscate and steal what he was trying to bring home for his family. All of a sudden, Gideon hears a voice. He hears... Someone calling him a mighty man of valor. So he picks up, peeks up over the edge of the winepress and he sees an angel of God. And the Spirit of God through that angel of God begins to speak this man's destiny. God through the angel was speaking faith in a moment of fear, speaking strength in a moment of weakness. Gideon really was struggling to comprehend and receive it. Then the Lord says, you're going to be raised up to lead my people out of the bondage of the Midianites. Then Gideon, he wants to make sure, Lord, is this you or is this me? Or is the enemy trying to deceive me? And he said, Lord, if it's indeed you, he was testing the spirits. I'm going to lay my fleece out. And I'm going to ask that all of the ground surrounding the fleece would be wet with the dew. In the morning but the fleece would be dry next morning Gideon checks the fleece it's dry and the dew is wet the grass all surrounding Then Gideon prays again now this is my my uh, version of the Bible it's called the CLV Craig Lauderback version you know some people use the King James we'll just use this for easy understanding then Gideon says Lord I've never done anything like this before so I need you to confirm I need you to show me I need to know. So I'm going to lay the fleece out again. But this time I'm asking that the fleece would be wet and the ground around it would be dry. Next morning, the fleece was wet, the ground was dry. And you know the rest of the story. He went on to accomplish a great victory because he was pursuing the right dream. He tested the dream to make sure it wasn't the wrong dream, and when he found God's will, he was successful. This was well above his pay grade. But that's usually how God works. He'll call us to do something that, in our own abilities, in and of itself, we can't fulfill. Why? Because he wants us to lean on him and to need him through the entire process, so that at the end, when the dream is fulfilled, the praise does not go to the person, but to God. Amen? In fact, you don't need faith to accomplish something you already can do. We need faith. When it's stretching us. How many of you like it when God stretches you? Lord, stretch your people. Say, don't pray over me. (laughs) Stretch your people, Lord God, so they can encounter and experience that four-letter word from you more. God has more for you. But pursue, embrace the right dream. Hallelujah. Test the spirits. You'll find other sources will try to distort God's dream for your life. Then there's some who will even try to replace God's dream for your life, projecting their own dreams over God's dream. And listen, we need to be very careful that we never project what we want for someone over what God wants for someone. And you know, one of the hardest areas to really practice that and live that is when you're a parent. As parents, how many of you parents love your children? Right, We love our kids. They're our blood, flesh of our flesh, bone of our bone. And so we desire to see them blessed, settled, successful, especially when we know there's, there's a time for all of us to be born and to go home to be with the Lord. And we want to know for certain that when our purpose is fulfilled on this earth, that we leave our children, we have sown into them, you know, and, and spoken into their lives and assisted them so that once we're gone... They can live a productive, healthy, prosperous life in a relationship with Almighty God until their time is fulfilled. So sometimes we have good intentions, but it's not what God would have us say. And and that's when, honestly, we begin to say, well, no, this is what I want you to do. But as a parent, we need to ask ourselves, have we asked God if that's what He wants for them? Have you ever found that there also can be some parents, they live their dreams through their kids? Maybe the father or the mother that, 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 that was involved in sports but they never got, or, or in, in musical uh, contributions but never got to that level that they had really desired, and all of a sudden they begin to live their own dream through their children. Do you know if we're not careful and, and we're, we're promoting a dream other than God's dream, and we have to know what we're saying is truth. Because if we're promoting any other dream, even to our children or those around us, other than what God has dreamed and purposed and, and and ordained for their lives, then that can really position a child or that person we're speaking into for failure. Some people they 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 pursue certain uh, business endeavors, and, and and it just seems like they're spinning their wheels. They, and no matter how hard I work, I can hardly get anything done it just seems like this train can't leave the station you know spinning your wheels like you're trapped in mud and it's over and over and the accelerator's down but there's no forward motion you know and, and, and that's when as an individual if we find ourselves in that kind of a situation we need to ask ourselves am i pursuing the right direction does god really want me involved with this if this is this what he has purposed for my life and that's again like david Inquire the Lord. Right now, I, I just feel like to say this, if some of you feel like you're in something, but it's, it's, just, not, it's just not moving in the direction, you don't have peace, and, and you're questioning your decisions, then question them, yes, but go to God and question them with Him. Ask Him, Lord, is this what You've purposed for my life? Am I on the right path? If not, show me the path and the direction I need to go. You know, I remember every church I've pastored, I prayed through every position. As we would face challenges and making decisions, I always inquired of the Lord. And I can tell you, thank the Lord because He has always called me to pursue things that were beyond my level of influence where I needed Him. Just like when we built this edition, the education edition, what started at $500,000 approximately, a little under that. Then because of the pandemic, it nearly doubled itself. Here we were looking after we came out of the pandemic, new pricing came about because of supply and demand and production and logistics. And, and we didn't have the money. But then we sought the Lord because if God orders a dream, if He orders a direction... He always supplies, my God, everybody say, My God, will supply all of my needs, not some of them, not most of them, not all of them except He will supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. It's amazing. In nearly four months, we raised the remaining amounts. Everything completed. Obviously, we have our occupancy. And now we just received word from another project that we're going to be restoring the bell towers on the old chapel outside where the gutter is also coming down, that is all that work is going to begin the beginning of February. And guess what? Someone pursued me and spoke to me and said, I feel, my wife and I feel the Lord wants us to pay for that. God, when we pursue the dream he has, he will supply for every need. And you'll say, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Pastor Craig, because this is about the church. Guess what? You're the church. Look at the person next to you and say, you're the church. Remember as a child, you you would say, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door, then you wiggle your fingers. My grandfather used to do that to me. And here's all the people. You're the church. So it's not about brick and mortar. It's about people. It's about us being able to enlarge our influence for Jesus Christ. Touching hearts and touching lives. And that's the same for you. As you follow God's path plan, you discover God's dream, and you trust Him to bring it to pass. He'll supply for you. Guess what? When you're not pursuing a dream, where you're not fulfilling your purpose, you're vulnerable. You're like a duck sitting all alone on a lake during duck season. But when you're pursuing God's dream, asking Him to reveal it, and then and being coming apart, being proactive as He directs you, do you know God will protect you? He'll protect you. There, there will be hardships in life. You know, in, in, Jesus said in this life, there will be tribulation, but be of good cheer of overcome the world. That means there might be times your health is challenged. But guess what? When you're pursuing God, God will take care of your health. Hallelujah. None of you knew during that health issue I had almost two years ago that I was walking that road. And then I just pushed right through it. I said, Lord, if I die, I'm in your presence. But, Lord, I believe there's still more for me to do. I thank you for my healing. The surgery was successful. The doctor pronounced me clean and healed and restored. And here I am. Hallelujah. But I chose to be active. I wasn't going to allow fear to rule and reign in my heart and mind. Trust me, I was hit with fear. But I chose, nope, I'm moving forward because nothing happens when you stand still. Even your blood circulation is impacted when there's no movement. I said, I'm going to in the natural continue to move. And in the spirit, I'm going to continue to move. And Lord God, I know everywhere along that path, as I'm faithful to pursue your dream for my life, you'll have everything I need placed for me. Just like when you take a dream in your car. After a while, you got to stop, pull over, especially if you have a lot of kids, they have to use the bathrooms, right? So that's one stop you make. Then you go a little further, you need to fill up the car with gas. Go a little further, everybody's hungry. The same thing when you're following the dream and the path God has for your life. You know, well, there'll be a financial issue, God will meet it. Then all of a sudden, oh, you know, just like you need to fill up your car, I need a healing in my physical body. Just keep pursuing your dream, keep being faithful. God will bring your healing. Everything you need is waiting for you at every venture, every stop in your path that God has ordained for you. And instead of looking at everything with fear, look at it with faith and say, Lord, you'll give me what I need when I reach this point, A to B to C to D. Thank you for your provision. Thank you, Lord, for looking after your servant. Thank you, Lord, I will live and not die and declare the glory of the Lord. Thank you for the financial needs that that have to come in. I am so grateful. Remember the little girl, Arwen? Arwen Aventi, Aventi I think is the last name, we were praying for her. She was hospitalized with leukemia. She's just a young child. We have been praying. The family is a part of our church. They found our church through a recommendation of someone else. Do you know their child was sent home from the hospital? God is moving in her health. God is doing and being faithful to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. She had a severe progressive case of leukemia, and God is moving on her health. We thank God for that. We did not allow fear. We did not allow this large mountain to impact how we pray. We pray and believe and leave the results to God. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So pursue the dream God has for your life. Every need you have will be meant as you take that journey. Why? Because God knows he needs you intact if it's going to come to pass. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Remember, one man's dream that works for them. If it's not God's dream for another person, one man's dream can become another man's nightmare. This is something we need to understand. Just because it works for one person doesn't mean it'll work for you. What am I talking about? Sometimes we want to reduce God to a formula. And it's all success-centered. And this is, again, the difference of doing a good thing and a God thing. And we reduce it to a formula. And we say, well, if I do A, B, C, and D, there are certain things in God's Word that, yes, He will honor. But we're talking about a dream now. And all of a sudden, you want to duplicate another man or woman's dream so you can have and experience the same increase and the same blessing they have. But if you're pursuing something and God says, that's, that's not the road I have for you. This is what I have for you. And then you find yourselves becoming argumentative with God. No, God, I I really like their dream better than this dream you have for me. Well, how can we know what the dream for us is like if we haven't experienced it yet, haven't walked it, haven't seen the results from it? See, to obey is better than sacrifice. That's what the prophet said to, to King Saul when he didn't fully honor the words of Samuel. And so the same thing is applicable for us. Even though it may work for someone else, If God hasn't called you to walk that road, to pursue that dream, then don't do it. One man's dream can be another man's nightmare. Hallelujah. Pursuing God's dream for your life is what releases God's blessing over your life. How many of you want God's blessing released over your life? Then pursue God's dream for your life. Hallelujah. Think of it this way. The right dream. Everybody say the right dream. The right dream reveals what? The purpose. My closing point. The purpose. Do you know you were created for a specific purpose? He didn't give you the breath and the gift of life. And then one of the angels says to, to God, well, what about someone? And so, well, I haven't figured it out with them yet. We'll get to him or her later. From the moment, even before your creation, I emphasize this a little earlier on, You were created for a specific purpose. Look at our text again, Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose. Everybody say the Lord's purpose. It is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God's purpose will prevail. God's purpose will produce results. God's purpose works. That's why it's imperative when we know the will of God pursue the will of God, believe in the will of God, and then trust that eventually we're going to see the fruit from pursuing and fulfilling that purpose He has called for our lives. So when you think of this, what does it tell us? It tells us that God's purpose always succeeds. That means God has equipped you to succeed. If we're chasing that purpose, the right dream, everybody say the right dream, then that means you're already equipped to fulfill that dream. He's equipped you to be successful. Why? Because God doesn't want to fail. Scripture says He never fails. So everything in the arsenal of heaven that you need to pursue the dream He has for you, He's already given it. Giftings, abilities, everything, your personality. People say, I don't have a good personality. Well, then you'll be used of God to reach others that don't have good personalities. Now, I'm being facetious, obviously, but I'm here to tell you, don't judge your worth by what others say about you. Judge your worth by what God says about you. I think that sounds like a good plan. How about you? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God has equipped you to succeed. Ephesians 2.10, Paul says this, for we are His workmanship. So that means God is working on us. us. He's equipping us. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Look at the person person next to you and say, you were created to do good works. It's a fact. In God's eyes, there are good things He desires for you to accomplish, which God prepared beforehand, even before you were in existence, even before the earth existed. God knew you by name. Before that, we should walk in them. Again, the abilities you have have been given directly from God. They're directly connected to the dream that you were created to fulfill. To pursue any other dream other than God's dream for your life, honestly, it can be disastrous. Didn't Jonah experience this? God said, go to Nineveh. Jonah says, nice dream, but I like this one better. I like the Tarshish dream. I don't like Nineveh, I don't like the people, you know. I don't like the community, it has a bad school system. <laughs> think about how we make decisions even when we move from place to place as professionals, as families. God says, no, trust me, Nineveh's the place. But Jonah began to think for himself, got on a boat, headed towards Tarshish. From the first entry, when the boat left the dock, a storm arose And it was severity. After a while, these experienced uh, navigators, you know, on the oceans, when they they saw this, they knew this was more than just an ordinary storm. And that's finally when Jonah fesses up and says, well, God's angry with me. And listen to this. He wanted to still do his own thing so desperately. He was willing to die rather than fulfill God's dream. He says, just throw me overboard and it'll be okay. Can you imagine hearing that? Maybe you're out for a deep sea fishing trip, right? You charter a private boat. You're going for Marlin. Blue Marlin. Used to do that with my dad when I was growing up. Finally, a storm arises. The captain says, I, I don't even know if we're going to make it back. And if somebody, maybe your brother, your sister, your, one of your father, or a good friend that's on that boat, they said, you know what? There's sin in my life, but I'm not going to repent of this sin. Just throw me overboard and we'll be, you'll be okay. Who in their right mind... That shows how hard-headed that sin and our hearts can make us at times. Jonah says, just throw me overboard, everything will be okay. Finally, they didn't want to do it, but finally they did. But then he couldn't die. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever prayed, Lord, just take me home? I can't take anymore. Life is hard. You know, it's a pity party. You know what a pity party is? A party in a pit. And it's a one-on-one thing. And, and here, he, because of his own heart, he was creating his, his own circumstances, which were negative. And, and sometimes we get like that, Lord, just take me home. No, why don't we say, Lord, what do I need to learn from this? What are you trying to show me? Is there something I need to make right? What needs to change in me so that I can get back on track and pursue the right dream? Your purposes for my life. Don't make it about you. It's always about him. Amen? Amen. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be added. Jesus, during his earthly walk, he says, the words I speak are not mine, but the words of him who sent me. The miracles that I do are not mine, but the miracles of him, he who sent me, God the Father. Even in the garden, Jesus prayed, Lord, Father, not my will, but yours. Be done. You see, Always make it about God. Test the spirits because our hearts can deceive us. Allow God to confirm. Allow God to leave. lead. Allow God to speak. He still speaks. You may not hear an audible voice, but God will speak through the open door that I spoke of last week. God will speak through others through circumstances. God will speak through provision. If you'll take time to ask, God will speak, He will answer. Matthew 7:7, 7, 7, ask and that shall be given, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. You need to ask, you need to seek. James said, "If you lack wisdom, ask of God, who gives to all men or women liberally, and abradeth not who won't hold back. How many of you need wisdom? I pray for wisdom all the time. I say, Holy Spirit, just help me to hear like you hear. When something disrupts, especially as I'm leading a ministry, if something disrupts, takes me by surprise, I have to pull back and say, okay, Lord, this is yours. Give me wisdom. But I also ask that you would protect what belongs to you. Provide in Jesus' name. And he always does. In fact, if I fail to do that, that's when I find myself getting into the deeper waters. And all of a sudden I realize, whoa. I don't like it over here. I'm going back to the center of God's will, pursuing the right dream, what he has for my life. Hallelujah. So how can we discern God's dream for our lives? David tells us in Psalm 37, 4, many of you may have this memorized already, delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, David's not saying, well, if you delight in the Lord, he'll give you whatever you want. Lord, I could really, really use a Harley. That's not what this scripture is referencing. Think of it this way. To delight means to foster a personal relationship. So with the Lord, as we're fostering personal relationship with Him, coming to church like you all did today, I commend you. Reading the Word of God consistently. Developing a consistent prayer life. Growing your faith enlarging, you know, your heart to accommodate more of God. In fact, I prayed that once. I said, Lord, just enlarge my heart so I can love you more. When you are fostering, delighting, a personal relationship with the Lord, then what happens, you're serving out of love, not out of a sense of duty or personal gain. And the benefits of pursuing the right dream in that way, David says that God will give you the desires, plural, of your heart. Or think of it this way. God will perform a spiritual heart transplant on your life by instilling His desires, His dreams, and His purposes into your heart. God will just place them there. You'll find your heart is changing because you're fostering that personal relationship with Him. Praise the Lord. In closing, I need to ask this question. What dream, those of you watching online, I say to you as well, what dream, are you pursuing i ask myself what dream am i pursuing i love what the apostle paul says in 1 corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 when it comes to pursuing the right dream he says i has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of a man the things which god has prepared for those who love him remember delighting in the lord is fostering relationship. We've not even begun to see. Our ears haven't even begun to hear when we pursue the right dream, pursuing the Lord, delighting ourselves in Him, fostering that love relationship. We can't even begin to comprehend what He has prepared for us. That's what Paul says. So I need to say this. There is a dream waiting for you. That dream has been upon you before you were born. But the fact remains, God has destined and prepared a dream for your life. A dream that will reveal your purpose. Everybody wants to know their purpose. I can tell you as the clock continues to tick for my life, and especially some of the battles i fought, I ask myself, Lord, I don't want to go any direction that is going to deter me from doing what is going to make a significant impact not only my lifetime but beyond my lifetime lord i don't want to waste my efforts my energies my resources with anything other than what you've destined for me because as time begins to shorten and you see the finish line drawing closer and closer everybody wants to finish the race so that they one day hear that well done they want to know that their life made a difference that's why you see many people who give To different projects give to hospitals for research and give to educational institutions for future students on and on give to religious organizations they do that because they want to make a difference even beyond their lifetime that's all part of pursuing the right dream so God wants us to pursue a dream that will reveal our purpose a dream that will reveal His faithfulness. You know when you pursue the right dream? Then there'll be moment after moment at different times and seasons where God will show up to continue to bring that dream to pass. And you will encounter and experience His faithfulness. But this dream will never be realized until you lay down your dreams and your expectations in exchange for His. Amen? It's time to embrace the right dream. The right dream. How many of you desire to have God reveal to you the right dream? It will affect your family, your children, your children's children, and your children's 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 children, generations yet to come until the Lord returns. All because you did your part. I did my part in pursuing the right dream. That dream comes by acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He will open your eyes to see what He sees, your purpose. And that dream continues by spending time with Him, delighting yourself in His presence, fostering a personal relationship with Him, and embracing His will and His ways that are revealed in His presence. That's it. Share what God told me to share. It's time to embrace the right dream. I believe God has great things in store for you. I mean that with all of my heart. We're living in desperate times. The filth I see on TV greets my heart. The commercials exceed the programming. There is a need for a move of God. And I believe as we all ask God to reveal his dream for our lives and pursue it and allow him to fulfill it. God will make a difference in this world one person at a time. Your life touching another life. All of our lives touching another life. And when you multiply that and as more people begin to pursue the dream, they delight themselves in the Lord and he begins to transform them, then people will be impacted. I got to tell you, hate me if you will, that's your choice. Politics are not the answer. The revival America and the world needs is not going to come through any governmental institution. What is needed is a move from on high by the Holy Spirit of God. My hope is not in any man or institution. My hope is in the Lord. Chelsea shared in one of her exhortations, I look into the hills from whence cometh my help. Our help and our hope. I feel the presence of God's is in the Lord let's all stand I want to open these altars I want to open them for you just to come no pride in this house amen that means none of us are too big for an altar in fact we're too little not to need an altar and I just want to open the altars for you to come and just say Lord search my heart I need your wisdom Some of you may say, I don't know what my dream is. Ask God. He'll tell you. He'll show you. It may not happen at this moment, but when you ask, it opens the door and opens the window for God to speak through and direct and to guide. God has a purpose. Let Him reveal your dream that's going to make an eternal difference, not only in your life, but in many lives to come. Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.